Hey there, future friends! The Batman has finally hit theaters, and I have seen it, and I'm here with a review for you, both spoiler-free and spoiler-filled. Welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's right. I have seen the Batman, and I'm here to review it for you. And the first half of the show will be spoiler-free. And don't worry, you will hear the ads before the second half of the show. So I will give you a warning before the break. You'll have the break, and then another warning. So if you get a spoiler from me, it is not my fault. So let us start with a reminder of this movie. The Batman got a nationwide release this week, or last week, that is. And it's about the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham. Then Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and questions his family's involvement. This stars Robert Pattinson from Tenant, Zoe Kravitz from Mad Max Fury Road, Paul Dano from Love and Mercy, Colin Farrell from The Lobster, Peter Sarsgaard from Green Lantern, Andy Serkis from Black Panther, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld, and John Turturro from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, as well as Barry Keoghan from Eternals. If you have been on the interwebs recently, you have seen what a divisive movie this has already become. Because people are already taking sides. Like, am I on the side of the Dark Knight or am I on the side of the Batman? And I view this the same way I view the question of Star Trek versus Star Wars. It's why can't we have both? There's no reason that we can't have both. The Dark Knight and The Batman are two different movies. They may have the same main character. They may share a lot of similarities as far as their, you know, darkness and the fact that they're about Batman and Gotham City, blah, blah, blah. But they are different movies that were treated differently. The Dark Knight is a good film, but the further we get away from its release, the more and more people are having conversations about the fact that did it actually do any good for the world of comic book movies? Because ever since The Dark Knight made it so big, we have seen an uptick in grim, dark movies. I mean, Batman has never been a happy-go-lucky character, but does every movie have to be so dark? Even his comics aren't all dark. I mean, some of them are dark, like Death in the Family and Death of the Family. The long Halloween, Hush, ones like that. But some random issue of detective comics you might walk into the comic store and buy may not be that dark. But that is a conversation for a different podcast, not my show. Instead, let's talk about The Batman. And you know what? I liked it. I did. I really liked this film. Because we went into this film, the royal we went into this film, with the idea that people who had already seen it said that we were going to be watching an actual detective film because Batman has never really done detective stuff before. And he's done a little bit, has dabbled in it, but it was mainly about him using his tech and beating up bad guys, which is fun. That's a grand old time. Don't get me wrong. But 
Batman is known as the world's greatest detective. He was introduced in detective comics for crying out loud. There are people who were fans of Batman who had no idea, Robert Pattinson included. Robert Pattinson was already a fan of Batman before even trying out for the role, and he didn't know that Batman was called the world's greatest detective. Some people may call him a fake nerd, but we don't like that kind of hateful BS on this show. No, we do not. Like, I am a fan of The Flash. Have I read a lot of Flash comics? I have not. I haven't seen all of the TV show. Doesn't make me any less of a fan. But The Batman was one of these movies that we were waiting for for a long time because it got announced and then COVID with stuff. It really did. You know, it did more than take lives and spread at an alarming rate and cause a rift in this country that we're going to be seeing probably for the next ever, but it also delayed our movies, damn it. In the end, I forgot how many times it was pushed back, and by now, I'm okay with it. I am, because my wife and I went to a very early screening, 11 a.m., and for a movie that's early, don't don't give me that An 11 a.m. screening, hardly anyone there, so I felt safe, because even though lots of places are easing COVID restrictions, it's still a thing, people. We can't forget that. And I think that if the Batman had come out last year, I probably would have skipped it. Of course, if it came out last year, it probably would have gotten a simultaneous release on HBO Max, so I would have watched that. But the good thing with this is that with some movies, the longer it sits, the more the director or producer or whatever powers may be have more time to f*** with it and f*** it up. But this one, I think, got it right. Robert Pattinson was a good Batman. He was a really good Batman. He was an okay Bruce Wayne, and we'll get into more of that in the spoiler section, so that's all I'll say on that. Zoe Kravitz, fantastic job. Personally, I think that there was so much going on, even for an almost three-hour movie. This movie came in at almost three whole hours, and I think there was still so much going on that Zoe Kravitz could have received a little more love But still, she did a really good job. She got a fully fleshed out character, easily a far better character than Rachel was in the Nolan series. I mean, Rachel, played by two fantastic actresses, was an almost two-dimensional character created only to be fridged. If you're not familiar with that term, it comes from one of the Green Lantern comics where Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner, one of their wives or girlfriends was brutally murdered, cut into pieces, and shoved into a refrigerator. And it's become a trope of women whose sole purpose in a story is to be brutalized somehow, be it murdered or assaulted, for the growth of the male character. And Rachel served no purpose, no purpose, other than to be fridged. But Catwoman, good old Zoe Kravitz, served a better purpose, and she was really good. And let's talk about Paul Dano. I love Paul Dano. I am a fan. I recently saw Love and Mercy. He did such a good job. He was great in Swiss Army Man, a strange, super strange film that was oddly well done for something so odd. If you're anything like me, the first time you saw him was actually in Little Miss Sunshine, when, you know, uh, he played the brother that was keeping that vow of silence because he wanted to be a fighter pilot or something. Paul Dano is one of those actors who is just the right performance away from an Oscar. 
And my friends, you can't talk about Batman without talking about Commissioner Gordon. Batman and Robin is a classic pair, but Batman and Commissioner Gordon has been a thing longer. And even though the police as a whole is a very touchy topic in today's in today's society, Commissioner Gordon represents the good cop, the one who doesn't just stand by and let the corruption or the abuse happen, who says something and has been punished for it, and then all it does is take the right person in power and he moves up trying to do more good. And the fact that in this movie he is played by the legendary Jeffrey Wright, I loved, I loved, loved, loved Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy. I think that Gary Oldman is a legendary actor and that his Commissioner Gordon was great, but Jeffrey Wright's was also great. And what I loved about both of their performances is that Jeffrey Wright and Gary Oldman had similar yet distinct performances in this role. Andy Serkis is a talented actor. He's not one we're really used to seeing on the big screen because we usually he does motion capture. We know him as Gollum. We know him as Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies. He really does deserve recognition for the motion capture work he does because that is acting too. And his Alfred was good, but I don't think we saw enough of Alfred. And again, more of that in the spoiler section. Uh, who's left to talk about? Colin Farrell? Unrecognizable as the Penguin. And I saw something on IMDb that uh, was in the trivia section for this movie that I think really hit the nail on the head. And in an interview, Matt Reeves said that Colin Farrell's portrayal of the Penguin is based on Fredo from The Godfather. And now I want to rewatch the movie with that in mind. And let's wrap this up. Let's see. Wrap this up talking about John Turturro. At first, I wasn't sure about his portrayal of Carmine Falcone. Carmine Falcone, a legendary Batman villain on his own. He has no power of any sort. He wasn't dropped in chemicals. He doesn't have some birth defect. He is a mobster, an old school mobster. And in a city like Gotham, he is the perfect villain. But with John Turturro, at first, I found him a little too disarming because John Turturro is very likable. He is a very disarming actor because he's just so likable. But I actually think now that I'm stewing on it more because I waited a few days to do this episode like I normally do. I think that it served the character better. Because you can see how he got into his place of power. Ruthlessness and a sharp mind, but this outwardly projecting niceness. This kind of, oh, you can trust me, I'm, the, I'm just a, a humble businessman sort of, sort of look. So while I was watching the film, I was kind of iffy on his casting. But the more I think about it, the more I really like it. One of the things I talk about the most when I talk about movies is the pacing. Because bad pacing can really really up a movie and I think this one was done really well because my wife and I commented to each other or you know she commented to me and I agreed that it didn't feel like a three-hour movie my bladder was telling me it had been a while but it didn't feel like three hours I wasn't sitting there going oh god what time is it I, I was enthralled especially because there was a lot of focus on the detective work of the Riddler showing up doing some crazy shit, leaving clues that Batman then has to figure out. 
And I'll tell you what, I love Batman Forever. It was a goofy film. Not a great Batman film. Not really. But it was fun. It was enjoyable. Jim Carrey's Riddler was great. But his riddles were kind of stupid. And he didn't really get to use his brain that much, even though he's supposed to be this brilliant guy. Paul Dano did. Paul Dano's Riddler did. So not only does he look different, not only was he inspired by the Zodiac Killer, but everything he did carried weight. The Riddler may not be like any Riddler we've ever seen, but then again, Heath Ledger's Joker was unlike any Joker we've ever seen. And you may hear people comparing the Joker from the Dark Knight from the Riddler from the Batman. And my God, that's it's comparing apples to oranges. Even if we get a Joker in this new Batman series, it's different. Jared Leto's Joker was just different. You can have a favorite. That's fine. I do. Just like you can have a favorite Batman. Easy peasy. But it's also okay to like both of them or all of them because they are different things. So before I start repeating myself too much, I kind of want to get to the end of the spoiler-free part of this. And I, I just want to finish by saying The Batman is a good movie. It is well worth your time. It is not huge and flashy like some Marvel films are. So it may be okay if you wait to see it at home. But the ambiance of the theater really, really added to the movie. So if you do get the chance to see this in theaters and you can do so safely, then watch it. I am really glad I saw this. And believe me, I would tell you if I didn't think it was worth seeing in theaters because we're still in a pandemic. So trust me, if you can watch this safely, go and watch it. This is well worth your time. The Batman was a well-written, well-acted, well-shot movie. Gotham comes alive in this, and it's a substantially better Gotham than the Dark Knight trilogy. Except for kind of the end of The Dark Knight Rises, Gotham was really just a backdrop, where in this, Gotham felt more like a character. And I, and I know that's kind of a canned line that movie critics hold on to sometimes. It's like, oh, this movie made New York City a character. I'm not talking out of my ass with this one. I really think that the way that Matt Reeves handled Gotham in this film was really well done. The Batman has everything going for it. And I'm happy to report that it's dark, but it doesn't go too dark. Like it was trying too hard to be edgy or cool, like some sort of emo kid. Even though Bruce Wayne does look like an emo kid, which makes sense because Robert Pattinson styled himself after Kurt Cobain. Don't give me that. Kurt Cobain was emo. He may have done punk rock, but he was emo. But my friends, if you ask me if you should see this movie, I'm going to shake this magic eight ball and say all signs point to yes. The Batman gets a 10 out of 11. Uh, the reason it didn't get an 11 out of 11 is because there were just a couple things that I think they could have done better that would have really blown my mind. This is a good film. Remember, I just go up to 11 because A, it's something we do at Somewhat Nerdy, and B, because 11s are saved for those movies that I just can't get out of my head, that I not only love like I did The Batman, but immediately just find a place in my heart. And this is a really good movie, but a little short of mind-blowing. Well, my future friends, we're, we're just going to do one ad this time. From our friends Robbie and Lisa, I know that 
Snarf Chris from Somewhat Nerdy is working on some new ads, so we're going to wait for that. And so we're going to hear our word from Where Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, and then we'll be back with the spoiler-filled section. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, my friends, we are back and it is spoiler time. This is your last chance to turn away in three, two, one. Oh my God, the Joker already? We're already getting introduced to the Joker? That's right. I'm not pulling any punches. If you didn't want spoilers and you're still listening, take that. So if you remember when I was originally talking about the movie before it came out, I was talking about Barry Keoghan playing some detective or something. I forgot the name of the character, but it was detective something. And I was wondering if it was like a Bullock type character, maybe, but no. So I didn't even realize until the end of the movie that we hadn't seen Barry Keoghan because there was so much makeup and prosthetics put on Colin Farrell that I wouldn't be surprised if Barry Keoghan was right in front of my face and I didn't see him. But then at the end, realizing that this person talking through the window at Arkham Asylum to the Riddler, that you can just vaguely see his outline, and he makes a reference to being a clown. If you listen to the show, you know that one of my favorite things to say is, oh, this actor or actress doesn't get enough love. Barry Keoghan, and I know I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name, but I'm just, I'm stubborn. I'm going to keep saying it like that. He is one of those actors. He is fantastic. And this little bit, this hint we saw at the end of the film was fantastic. And I have high, high hopes for the future of this franchise. I have high hopes because look at this storyline. So we have the Riddler that was going around trying to kill all these corrupt politicians and find all of the people that were in Falcone's pocket, all of the people that weren't doing their jobs in the Gotham government, and finding out that so many wealthy people in Gotham are up on the take, what does that sound like to you? If you said Court of Owls, you are correct. That's exactly what it sounds like. In fact, Robert Pattinson himself says that that's one of his theories. He was talking to Vanity Fair, I think? Yeah, uh, he was talking to Vanity Fair about this, and in a video he said, I like that one. Court of Owls is the best one, referring to the rumors or the speculations. If they disappear when they're secretly running it, that would really, really be very dif- a very difficult thing for Bruce to handle. It'd be a nightmare. He says, I was definitely thinking Court of Owls is probably going to be in the sequel. I'm literally just guessing. I just keep saying it. But the great thing about this is Matt Reeves has set us up for so much. Because we've had the Riddler, we know the Joker is going to be in it. Could this be the War of Jokes and Riddles? Could it be that one where the Joker and the Riddler face off for the future of Gotham, basically, and Batman is there trying to stop it? And all of 
the bad guys in Gotham have to pick a side. Are they with the Joker? Are they with the Riddler? So I have to be perfectly honest, and I will tell you that I forgot about the War of Jokes and Riddles. Completely forgot about it. But one of my favorite TikTokers and podcast hosts that I've mentioned on the show before, Straw Hat Goofy, mentioned it. And I thought, oh shit, he's so right. So I'm proud of myself for thinking court, the Court of Owls on my own. I give credit where credit is due for the War of Jokes and Riddles. But another one that I thought of on my own that, don't get me wrong, a lot of people have thought this. I am not the only one. I am not special in this sense. But it's Hush. Because in that part where the Riddler is talking about what's been going on in Gotham and he mentions hush money, he puts special emphasis on that. It could be from Batman Hush that was turned into an animated movie. Because it makes sense. Hush and Batman were friends growing up. They had totally different stories, though. Batman's parents, or Bruce's parents, were loving and doting and were murdered and taken away from him. And Hush's parents, equally rich, equally well-known in the community, were abusive and terrible and were eventually murdered by Hush as his first murders. Because of Bruce Wayne's parents' death, Batman was born because of, and I had to look up his name, Thomas Elliot's murder of his parents, Hush was born. This blows my mind how many different ways that this whole series can go. So we know that there's going to be two spinoff TV shows going to HBO Max, I think. Uh, the first is called Penguin, and the other is about Arkham Asylum, which is really, really cool. I'm very excited for this. But it's actually not known yet if this is going to be a trilogy or not. We know that they want a sequel. We know this. And is it going to be a trilogy? Yeah, okay. It's probably going to be a trilogy. Or maybe even a quadrilogy. We don't know yet. But either way, there's so much promise for this series. And it honestly blows my mind how cool it could be. But it's also important not to get our hopes up too much because we know that Matt Reeves kind of screwed the pooch with the last Planet of the Apes movie. It just, it just really lost it. Of course, that may or may not be his fault. We know how studios can come in and seriously f*** with a movie. We've seen it done so many times. That's why sometimes when these movies go so wrong, we have a director coming out and going, no, you have to know, my vision was different. So that is something important to keep in mind, but I'm very, very excited. For the future of this series. Oh, out of the things I promised to talk about, I didn't talk about not being sure about Andy Serkis's Alfred. It's because we saw so little of him. I mean, he was in some really good scenes, had some really great scenes with, with Batman, and then he gets blown up and we don't see him for a while. The thing I really did like, though, about Alfred in this movie is that we get hints of the fact that, yes, he is a badass, because he was helping Batman decipher the Riddler's ciphers because he's had training and stuff like this because he is awesome. And don't get me wrong, I loved Michael Go. Michael Goff, or uh, whatever his name was, uh, the original Alfred from the movies. He was in all four of the first Batman movies as Alfred. His Alfred was great. Not the Alfred we know and love from the comics because that Alfred will shoot a motherfucker in the face and has said in the comics, that he has no qualms about killing, unlike Bruce does. But Michael Go, classic Alfred, Andy Serkis, 
did a good job. I would like to see him do a little more in the next one. And you know what? If any of you haven't seen the movie, but don't care about spoilers, so you're listening to this part anyway, uh, don't stay for the stinger. It's not that great. It's just a message typed out by the Riddler, and it it doesn't really hint at anything. It was It's just... I think it was put there because we now expect something to be there, thanks to Marvel. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you can leave once the credits start because the stinger is not that great. But goddamn, I love this movie. I want to own it the moment it comes out and rewatch it. I thought this was so good. I thought Robert Pattinson's Batman is now one of my favorites. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say something possibly controversial, but his Batman is now my second favorite. Michael Keaton, Robert Pattinson. And you know what I loved about this movie before I uh, before I end this? We know that Batman's parents have died. Just like we know that Uncle Ben gets killed. We know this. We know this shit. We don't need to see it again. And I'm so glad that we didn't have a Batman origin. We've seen that so many times. In fact, at this point, if you don't know Batman's origin, what are you doing with your life? Like, really? So the fact that we didn't have to sit through watching Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot again was really cool. Of course, talk about in the film, because that's a huge, huge part, a pivotal moment in the birth of Batman, but we don't need to see it. So to wrap this up, my friends, I loved this movie. It was so good. And Matt Reeves perfectly set up the future of this, where he can go anywhere. Court of Owls, War of Jokes and Riddles, Hush. He could go somewhere else. He could do, um, hell, they can go way out of left field and turn it into the long Halloween, even though supposedly the Batman was inspired by the long Halloween. It did a different story, so they could still go into a long Halloween. Matt Reeves set it up so it could go anywhere, but I would be very disappointed if it wasn't Court of Owls, War of Jokes and Riddles, or Hush. Those are my three guesses, and I'm not alone. I bet you if you're a comic book fan, uh, especially a Batman, and you saw this movie, you probably think the same thing. So my future friends, let me wrap this up right now and say thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you like these review episodes. I, I hope I do a good job. I know the first half is more of an actual review and the second half is just me nerding out on things. And I hope that works for you. As always, follow me on all the social medias. I now have a link tree, which you can find in the show notes. Uh, but to give you a quick rundown, Twitter at FutureFlixPod, Instagram at BilliamSWN. Find me on Letterboxd at BilliamSWN. I have a very inactive blog, which I hope to get back to one day soon, BilliamTheNerd.com. And you know what? If I get at least a little interest, I might even consider doing a TikTok. I don't know. We'll see. But don't forget to check out the friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the Watch Mouth Podcast, which hopefully they'll come back soon. And we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. And they announced their March book club pick, The Orchid Thief, an older book, nonfiction, interesting pick for them, but I'm looking forward to it. And remember, Raz from Raz's Midnight Macabre has been on the Broad Humans podcast. Check that out. But my future friends, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.